So the reading is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 17. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this, of this life, for that is idolatry. God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You used to do them when your life was still part of the world, but now it is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old evil nature and all its wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature within you. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are all called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a, rep as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Thank you, Sue, for reading. And may God's name be blessed through the public reading of his words. And may our hearts be nurtured and nourished. We're doing this series on Colossians. And I wanted to... Better go to my cross here. I wanted to start with an illustration. How many of you have got the same problem as I've got, that you've got stuff on your wardrobe that is hanging there for the years with the thing that one day you might wear it, but it still is not happening. And you are at the moment of just about to throw it away, and that day you decide to wear it 
just in case you might need it again. This week, I thought I was going to go because I wanted to make this illustration live for uh, the sermon. This week, I wanted to go to my wardrobe and there is stuff there that I don't wear and I feel sorry for not wearing it to the point that the moment I grab it, I think, no, no, let's stick it here. And I am convinced, and so is Ruth, the, the, that some of the stuff that is hanging in there, it's never going to be worn, or probably is going to be worn, just to prove a point that I still need it. The Apostle Paul is writing a tough pastoral letter to a group of new believers who have turned from their ways of idolatry, who have turned from their ways of Greek philosophy, who have turned from their ways of really strict upbringing, and they've encountered Jesus, and they've pursued this journey of faith until somebody has shown up in the congregation and said, hey, we've got a better idea. You can follow Jesus and you can still keep, keep up with the old style of life. And therefore, Paul has never met this group of believers. This church is not planted by Paul. He writes this letter because he really feels for them. He knows what it means to follow the rules. He knows what it means to tick all the boxes. But somewhere else, he writes to another group of believers and he says he considers that all trash in comparison with the beauty of knowing Jesus. So, Last week's challenge was that actually Christians, those who have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, are to set their minds on the things that are above, not the things that are earthly. And this is the call for the use of Christian renewed minds, rather than just doing things for the sake of regulations. Christ is the only one whom we love to seek to praise, to, to worship, to live for. He is also the one whom we must get to know. So it's not just to come to that place of acknowledging who Jesus is, but to know and to allow Jesus to transform your life. And he thinks and he speaks and he writes, Paul does, very highly of the Colossians. There is a lot of admiration about this community of believers. He starts with holy people, saints, set apart for God, brothers and sisters in Christ. I admire your faith, your love, your hope. And yet, you're really struggling, you're wobbling, because you have embraced Jesus You've embraced life. You've embraced new life. And the push is 
hey, go back to the old because that is also good. The push is go back, open that wardrobe and make a point that you can put on this shirt today because although you have not worn it for five years, you still need it. And rightly so, Paul is writing to them. And he is writing to them in a tone that is very clear. There is, there is no, he's not mincing his words here. He's saying, put to death things that are earthly to you. Kill. Kill things that poison your soul. Kill the things, take away, get rid of the things that actually are in the way of this relationship that you've got in Christ. Because as he said in the first verse of chapter 3 is, now you've died with Christ, but now you've risen with Christ. So Jesus Christ has not only died and got risen for your shortcomings and your failures, He's died and risen also for your victories. Because now you've risen with Christ, therefore, kill. Kill the things that poison your soul. Kill the things that are earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. In this you were once walking into. You were living in them. But now, you've met the new life in Jesus. So when, when Paul is writing this, this kind of pastoral letter, he's got in mind that actually there is an element here that really focuses them into their walk with God. And killing here is practical. And in one sense, what Jesus, what, what Paul is saying here is what Jesus has said in Mark chapter 7. What Paul is saying here is have a look at your hearts. Because now you've been made alive in Jesus have a look at your hearts because holiness is God's plan for the believer to be set apart for him to be living a life for him to be living a life that actually it's focus upward that's a life of worship and I know that we've covered some of that ground when we said what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Exactly the same kind of request that Paul is exhorting, is, is encouraging the Colossians with. Holiness, it's God's plan for the believer in Jesus. And it's easy to think about Colossae and the believers there, but holiness is God's plan for us as God's people here in 21st century it's god's plan for you 
It's God's plan for us as a community of believers. How do we do that? We do that only by embracing the new life in Jesus Christ. Because if we embrace the new life in Jesus Christ, the old life is decisively challenged. The old life is decisively changed. And here, by the grace of God, we stand of not doing things that we did before when we didn't know him. But we have no excuse. We've just sang, Holy Spirit, fan into flame a passion for your name. And not just a feeling, but a lifestyle. Because this is God's plan for you and for me. The temptation is always to go for the old lifestyle. And Jesus is saying, embrace the new life that I give you. So how does this work out then? If, if the, the challenge here that the Colossians are set with is to, to embrace this new life in the risen Christ, what does it look like? Well, actually, the expression of having a heavenly upward thinking and relationship is only, only visible and tangible in the way that we relate to one another. Elsewhere in John says, we cannot say that you love God and you don't like your neighbor. So what we're going to have from chapter 3 onwards, after the challenge of giving the old self and embracing the new life, we're going to have a practical ways of how this outworking of love for the Heavenly Father works. And first today, we're going to stop the, what we just did only half an hour ago, the love for the one another, the love for the church. Then it's relationships and love and family. Then is um, relationship at workplace and the world. This has got an impact, and that's why he's, he's exhorting them to do what they're doing, because it's got an impact. The way that we look into God, we relate to one another. To one another. So we're going to be looking, just um, briefly, at what does it mean, and it's, it's an appropriate passage for a covenant service, to be a family of God, individuals and corporately we have experienced the new life of Jesus verse 12 put on then as God's chosen one holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness patience reading from the ESV bearing with one another if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule into your hearts. 
to which indeed you were called into body, one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in deed, sorry, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what the family of God's people looks like. The words of Christ dwelling in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I pray that this is a reality and becomes more real in our midst. One of the challenging things that I find with the English culture is, especially in the church culture, is that I always, when I ask people to get involved with something in the service, the response is, oh, it's always nice to be asked. I struggle with that because what I read here in the scripture is that actually that initiative should not come from me. That initiative should come from that place of enjoying and rejoicing in the relationship that we have got with God. So therefore, whenever the challenge from the front is, has anybody got any prayer? Has anybody got any thoughts, any things that, that wants to bring in our midst? I leap from joy from people who've come to say something or who've got something uh, in their hearts to share because it comes from that place of enjoying the new life. So I really wanted to, to use this as an opportunity to encourage that actually, if God puts something in your heart, we're not a formal Baptist church here. If you've got a song even now, just let's sing it, you know? If you've got something that you think that God has put into your heart, let's, 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 let's do it together. Let's think, let's, let's filter it. And let's bring it into our midst. If there is wisdom and encouragement, let's do it. This is what the family of God looks like. Wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. I love it how Paul keeps bringing us back to God, that even that sense of gratitude and thankfulness ultimately needs to go to God. So we've got an opportunity. We, I am excited about the coming months. I'm excited about this verse is becoming a reality in the light of what we stood up for today, whether at home or here. I'm excited. And the expectation is that God to be in, at work in our midst in order to bring us to this place. So please, please, Cairns, 
If you think that God has put something in your hearts, whether a song, whether something that you've prayed for us as leadership, something that you've prayed for individuals, just take that initiative. I know it's nice to be asked, but also being on this position, it's always nice if some people come and say, I'd like to do this because God has put it into my heart. So, let's make this real. Has got any, have, have we got anybody here who's got a song or a hymn that we want to sing? Serena, yeah. You should have clapped on our behalf. So, Serena, for those of you who are online, um, has just said that she appreciated the fact that we sang that uh, last hymn and it was very meaningful. And she clapped in a typical Cairns Road way. Anybody got, got any wisdom or any testimony or any words that they want to, to share? How great thou art. Shall we sing that? Maestro, can we sing that? When I think that 
Anybody else? Any words of encouragement, wisdom? Any things that God has put into your heart? Sorry. Alan? Sorry. Can you repeat that again? Because there were two people speaking there. Sorry. That's a good notice. If you're not in a house group, join one. Thank you, Alan. You can come and talk to me after the service or one of the leaders um, of the home groups. And you can look on the website as well if you wanted to. Or, yeah. Craig? Oh, the chat. Sorry. So it's, who remembers the memory verse from Dave's sermon over the summer? And Anna says, I have learned over the last three years in a very real and visceral way that whatever the world throws at you, God is bigger than that. Amen. Thank you for reminding me of the chat. Thanks, Anna, for your input. Emma, sorry. We've only just begun. Thank you. We've only just begun. I'm sure we need to have opportunities in the coming Sundays to have this space. And we need to bear with one another 
And the challenge of this kind of attitude is that I'm tempted to clock watch. And the encouragement here is that the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. The word of Christ to teach us and to admonish us in all wisdom. The word of Christ to dwell in us richly so when we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we truly say, O oh oh Lord our God, how great thou art. And we allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly to the point that even when we leave this building, whatever we do, in words and deed, we do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So may this word be a reality in our gatherings, in our friendships, in our discipleship groups, in our um, accountability groups, in whatever way you, 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 you connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ in the week. Let's pray. And then Aaron is going to close with the last hymn. As Emma's dad has just reminded us, we've just begun. Lord, fan into flame a passion for your name. And help us, Lord, to make that decision of killing the things that poison our souls and embracing the new life that you give us with the enrichment and the indwelling of your words in our midst. Lord, us, show us, help us how we make these verses a reality so that we continue to bring one another, young and old, closer to your power and presence, O oh Lord. So as a church family, as individuals, we look upwards today with gratitude, with grateful hearts for your love and your patience with us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.